everyone. May peace be on you all. And welcome to another episode of I'm a Muslim and That's Okay. And this new season segment of The Whole Muslim. And with me, I have, as always, a very special guest. But she is extra special because we have history together. Please meet Tanya Ahmed. And she she is a part of my history from... I like to say high school, but we didn't do high school in the traditional sense as they understand it in the U.S. because we didn't have like the 12th grade. What uh, we had in Pakistan is because um, at least I studied under the British system. We had O-levels, which was like until the 11th grade. And then we did two years of A-levels. And that is when I met Tanya Ahmed. But she was a year junior to me. So, I mean, we met on, in those, as we were discussing, in those golden years when we had nothing to worry about. But please, before I go on and on, Tanya, introduce yourself. Hey, Shao. So good to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, well, uh, like Shao mentioned, uh, we went to school together. Uh, she was a senior. But somehow the other we happened to have uh, free time uh, in between classes off together. And uh, um, if I'm not mistaken, you were on the school council, weren't you? Oh, yes. Yes. The the biggest dweeb in all of like <laughs> any uh, like school history, whether it was O-levels, I was always on the school council. And for some reason, I ended up in the school council in A-levels as well. Yes, that is correct, Tanya. <laughs> So that, that's why I sort of knew Shao and I started talking to her and uh, we just found out that we had some similar quirky traits and I remember having some really good laughs and um, we, yeah, we, bo- we both had like- the creative streak, Tanya, and I think that's what we had in common. But after those two years of A-levels, we sort of our paths um, sort of separated. I know yeah. I went on to do like I, I went against traditional norms, Tanya. I was supposed to be the bio student. I could not get into med school because that was not going to happen. And up until I think the last the very last month when which you're supposed to apply to diff- various departments in college, I was supposed right. to go into um, uh Microbi- microbiology. Yes, that's what I was supposed to get into. But then somebody told wow. me that they ha- they also offer graphic design in the visual arts department. And I made a complete 360 and I went, to, went into visual arts to, and did my bachelor's in graphic design. Really? Yeah, that's what I did. But you tell me, Tanya, I know what, what you're doing right now, but how did you end up getting to where you are right now? Well, um trying to make a long story short uh in all levels i studied biochemistry physics Mm -hmm. and uh that was expected of me uh well there were two choices i could study commerce or i could study uh biochemistry physics the sciences that's all we had that's that's all that's the only choice we had and i struggled miserably so i i struggled at school i struggled at a levels as well i had computer science uh business studies and sociology and I had to retake some of my exams as well because I did so badly. I managed to get a distinction in English. That's always which what, didn't that's count. always our thing. <laughs> English was always our thing. I did so miserably in my A yeah. levels, but English was the thing that I always got good marks in. I know. So in uh, so I basically grew up thinking that I didn't have more than two brain cells to rub together. So. Uh, it wasn't until college and 
in university that you know I started studying things that I actually liked and was good at that I thought oh my god I I I do have a brain so uh in college I uh, one of my subjects was English and I ended up going to Karachi University mm-hmm. did my masters in English and somehow passed first class honors wow and uh I th- I thought that I would uh get a chance to teach at Karachi University mm-hmm. and uh uh well as you know I uh, things life r- really goes as planned and that's right in uh final semester I got uh nikad uh got married yeah and, and uh I don't know how I gave my exams because my brain was all about oh my god I have to move to the UK so if you guys can't tell by my funny accent I'm I was born and raised in Pakistan like Shell and I live in the UK now so I have this uh Pakistani American British accent and Tanya oh thanks love <laughs> and uh yeah so I submitted my thesis in January in March I had my reception and in the first week of April I was in the UK. Oh wow. So yeah, it happened that fast. It yeah. happened that fast. We got married in November, applied for my visa in January, and uh within a couple of days I was told that I need to be in the UK in the first week of uh, April. Oh my and, gosh. And uh is it it doesn't happen that quickly uh for anyone. I don't know why it happened for me, it was but fated. Uh, it was meant know, to be Tanya. It was meant to be and uh alhamdulillah that was like uh, 13 years ago mm. and uh I uh, I moved here and I thought like what am I supposed to do now right and uh, my husband was uh, studying at that time and working so he was pretty busy right and I was always very creative and uh even though I have relatives there we didn't have anyone nearby I lived right. in a very predominantly white town and uh so there wasn't much of a community around and even though i spoke the language uh it was very anxiety inducing mm-hmm. to uh take public transport right because it just felt like you know being thrown into a whole new situation all of a sudden right and i was fairly confident uh um, right. thanks to university and college Uh, so it was like having to rebuild myself so right. because right. He, i just sort of knew who i was and what i needed to do in pakistan and here right. i was in a whole new country and you know you have to try and um the social uh, find rules your are different place yeah that's what i noticed when i had moved to is that it doesn't matter if you know the language or even have like a like decent understanding of the culture it's just that it's the small social rules that are so different and you're just trying to navigate all of those things when you're just brand new yeah. in the country yeah and it wasn't even my first visit to the uk mm-hmm. i'd actually stayed in the country for 5 months but as you know uh we are uh i i don't know about you but i definitely had a very sheltered upbringing right me too so i wasn't confident about doing things by myself right and here was my husband he's like you can do whatever you want in life and <laughs> i don't mind and i'm wow like, that's do sweet men like that exist yeah that's that's fantastic <laughs> i know alhamdulillah alhamdulillah he's my better half and wow. 
we are polar opposites, uh, but we complement each other. That's fantastic. And, uh, so he was like, "Go do, go forth and be happy." I'm like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> "Okay, how do I do that? How do I do that? This how is very unfamiliar that? to us." <laughs> I know, I know, and uh, so. He uh, again. We're talking about. I I see a lot of fate and destiny in my life, Shell. And um, what happened was that one of my best friends from school, from O levels, who lives in Canada, mm-hmm. uh, was uh, visiting the UK, and she mm-hmm. said to her cousin, oh, "Oh, I want to visit my friend Tanya, and she lives in this small town. Uh, how do I get there from your house?" And she's like. You silly girl! I live in the same town, <laughs> so the odds of my friend's cousin, uh, my my cousin, my friend's cousin living in the same town, it's it's not even a big town. It, it's right, a right. small town, and I was introduced to my friend's cousin, who is still a very very good friend to this day. Mm-hmm. And she said to me, uh, she worked in a charity, and uh, which was an umbrella organization. So they had. Many different um, uh, uh, organizations under the main uh, name, and she said, "Why don't you come and uh, work, train as an interpreter?" So I was like, "Okay, well, I've got language skills, and mm-hmm. uh, so I trained to become an interpreter, and eventually I worked in their offices as well, mm-hmm. and I was doing various things under that charge, and it was an amazing introduction to the work system." Or right. in the UK, working for a charity, they were an amazing, very diverse right. organization. Right. Um, everyone from uh, British to European mm-hmm. to people from our part of the world as well. Right. So it was very, very diverse, and it was an amazing environment to work in. So I worked with uh, as a teaching assistant for. Mm-hmm. English for speakers of other languages, right? And right. I even worked uh, to train to become a careers advisor as well. Right. And uh, I became a fully qualified interpreter. I even right. helped out in their offices, helped out with their finances. So my day to day became really busy, and right. I felt like you know, I found my place here. So right. I thought right. that this was it. And uh, I had this very very chance meeting. That I was in another town, and I was visiting a, a hobby store in that mm-hmm. town. Right. Uh, so over there you have Michaels and Joannes. So right. over here we have Hobbycraft. Right. So another town, I was visiting Hobbycraft, mm-hmm. and I was looking at a particular product. And somebody, this this um, strange man, approached me, and he said, "Don't buy that." And he said, "Wait a minute, I'll." Run out to the car, and I'll give you my business card, and you look up this product. So he gave me his business card, mm-hmm. and I just looked at it. It looked legitimate, and I thought this guy doesn't—he seems sincere. He does not fishy. Right. So I just looked up their website, <laughs> and at this point, I was sort of aware of the crafting industry, right, right, uh, through the wonderful world of YouTube, right. Uh, so because we didn't really have a. Uh, craft store nearby, uh, and even in Pakistan, I mean, crafts exist, but they're so randomly placed. I mean, if you needed to find something, there for some reason yeah. you'd be able to find it at some like 
really hole in the wall store, but it's yeah. not like a big thing as it's in the US or in the UK. They aren't like proper proper store just dedicated to craft. Mm, yeah, exactly. I mean, if you if you wanted to do like beadwork, you would go to a, a sewing shop. You go right. to a place like Tariq Road. Right, and right. There's like a couple of very if you're fam- if you're familiar with Karachi, then you know which shops I'm talking about. Right. And or if you wanted something else, then you'd have to go to a certain area. So right. th- you wouldn't have like one dedicated store. And store even when too. I was in Pakistan, uh, I would look up these amazing crafting communities uh, right. abroad, like in America and UK. So there was a website called crafter.org that I was a member of. And I would drool over everything everyone shared right. and look at all these weird and wonderful things. And I'm like, there's no way I could get my hands on these products over here in Pakistan. Right. And uh, yeah, and so I, I, that guy who gave me his card, I looked it up on the internet and I saw that they were a genuine company and they were looking for uh, people to join the design team. So a design team right. is uh, basically a crafting manufacturer will send their product to some people and in exchange for the product, you would make projects using their uh, product. Right. So right. it would be it would involve maybe uh, producing videos or step by step instructions, things like that. And uh, because this was my first design team chance, I was I really put a lot of thought into it. Right. And uh, you know, as us Pakistanis, we're like you know go over the top. And uh, so I I worked really hard on my project and. They liked what I did so much. They said, our office person is leaving. Would you like to join us in the office? Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, one thing led to another. And I was there for six years. So I was working in the creative industry. Right. My job uh, wasn't creative per se. Right. Uh, but I was doing something that I never thought it would possible was possible for me to do. So I was... Right traveling abroad going to trade mm-hmm. shows um i was doing things like managing people uh, wow. sourcing product from the far east right um looking after the website making sure things were stocked right and just helping to organize like 10 11 shows in a year like wow. all over the world and it was it was an amazing experience and i learned mm. so much but my job wasn't very, very, uh, very creative. Right. So I was doing a, a lot more office-based stuff. And I was right. more in front of a computer screen rather than doing things with my hands. Right. Um, so I made a very, very difficult decision uh, to leave that job. And because by that time, I had uh, made friends within the creative industry who mm-hmm. worked as designers, who worked as freelance tutors. And right. every time... I spoke to them, something inside me would like die a little bit. I know. You know, it's, it's like not with jealousy, but it's like, I want that for myself. That's right. And um, so I, I just thought, let's let's just take a punt and see mm. what happens. And uh, so I left that job and I took a couple of months off. And in 2018, I really started going for it. Mm-hmm. So um, I've always wanted to make videos. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in 2018, I said, "Okay, I'm just gonna just start doing it and stop right. overthinking this." 
because I am a terrible overthinker. <laughs> and、um, I just thought, you know what? What's, what's the worst that can happen? Right. I can just delete the stuff if it tanks. And I just got、uh, slowly noticed by、uh, companies. And some of my friends were very, very encouraging.、Mm-hmm. And they said, no, you, you should apply for more things. Or they suggested me to other companies. Right.、Um, so it, it just kept building up from there. And right. right now, trying to explain what I do, I, I don't I have like a very I, tidy I, job title. That's, that's what I'm curious to know. And I would love my audience to know because what you do is so unusual. And the fact that you do it is so unusual. So, what's the best description of what you do?、Uh, I, I like to say that、um, I am a creative content maker、mm-hmm. and I am an art and craft tutor and teacher.、Okay. And、so, what does what do you do? Kind of you got to define what do you do,、uh, Tanya, just as just like a short bio because again, they don't know you. I know what you do, but they don't know what you do. So, I work with uh, several uh, art and craft manufacturers within、mm-hmm. the industry,、mm-hmm. and I'm on their team.、Mm-hmm. and They will uh, uh, often compensate me monetarily、mm-hmm. to produce. Videos and、right. uh, creative content for them. So it might be blog posts,、right. it might be videos made especially for YouTube or、right. Instagram or、right. for their website. Right. So that, and, and then I do other things like live streams as well. I do online classes as well.、Mm-hmm. I collaborate with other designers as well.、Mm-hmm. And、uh, I also have my own podcast <laughs> <Yeah> . about、um, crafting and. The tagline is basically it's my excuse to talk about the things that I love with the people that I admire. Right. So, yeah, that's, that's basically what I do. Right, right. And I, that's the thing. That is such an unusual thing. And、um, I know because I'm into crafts that you're not the only one who does it.、Um, and every craft has its own content creator. Like, I'm, I'm a crocheter, my craft is crocheting. And、mm-hmm. I follow、uh, people who are into crocheting and yarn. And what、mm-hmm. I've seen so many、uh, in the yarn, I guess, craft industry who do what you do that they create videos, blog posts, and all of these things for companies. And they are、mm-hmm. then compensated、uh, for this. So,、yes. but most people aren't aware that each craft. Has its own niche that exists this way. So, what craft,、oh, right, niche,、yeah. or what craft niche are you in? So,、uh, my microverse is、uh, paper crafting and mixed media, I、mm-hmm. would say. Right, right. Paper crafting and mixed media. Mixed and specifically, media.、Uh, card making, art journals, and mono printing. Yes. And so, those、stuff. are my, my specific genres. And the stuff she does is so cute. I'm just sitting there in those videos and I'm, I'm just, I don't even do this stuff. And I'm sitting there like, I want this. I want what she's making. I wonder if she sells that. I'm gonna buy this <laughs> because I can't make any of that. I don't have that kind of skill. But it looks <laughs> so pretty. I mean, she makes the pretty stuff. That's, that's what I'm saying. Bottom line, Tanya makes、Aww. the pretty stuff. So, I mean, it's the pretty cards and the pretty paper. And I'm like, 
And yeah, that's what you should do next. Like make all of these things into like, I don't know, like one of those journals and sell, sell those journals. I would totally buy it with a pretty paper inside. <laughs> I, I sell, I sell more the process rather right. than the actual end product. If end that product, kind of makes sense. Yes. So right. my, my tagline is basically uh, demystifying like the process and making right. it easy and empowering people to be creative right now i'm going to ask you two things from two separate point of views um in the in the um mixed media industry you are the unicorn and why are you the unicorn uh, is that because are there other muslim people in that niche very niche industry there are but there are very few of us right So, I mean, does it make it hard for you to be the one of the very few Muslims there? No, uh, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, uh, I think when, when I was uh, working for that other company, they were all non-Muslim. Right. And uh, I sort of became at one point almost unaware that I I was a person of you know I was a Muslim right so that's how I uh, presented myself to right. the rest of the world as well and at that time I didn't cover my head right um, I so at that point I I didn't wear the hijab right I didn't cover my head and right. uh, I did get a few odd looks right uh, being a person of color in right. a predominantly uh, white space. Right. And uh, there weren't that many people of color in the industry. Right. And especially at the shows that I was going to. So I did get a few odd looks, but I didn't really feel uh, self-conscious about it because I felt confident in myself enough to just be myself. Right. And uh, I would I would get the occasional... <laughs> ignorant or odd questions and but uh, I would try and brush them off with uh, uh, just just trying to be as dignified and as possible without being right. rude right, right. Um, and uh, so in after I left that job I got the confidence to do what felt right for me and, right. and I started covering my head more so in 2017 mm-hmm. and I just somehow it's just given me more confidence to be myself now I, I don't know what it is right I don't know if it's because I it, it could be a couple of things it could be because I decided to be myself right. it could be because I'm getting older and mm-hmm. the older you get the less you care about what other people think Exactly. Um, or it was because I was doing what I loved right. and I was enjoying every second of it. Right. So it's it's a couple of things. And uh, I've, uh, I believe in the power of networking. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the main things that I, uh, big things that I get from my dad. Uh, my dad is a, a really, really very good with people. And mm. I like to think that I'm good at networking as well and I try and stay in touch with the right. people. So uh, I think that served me really well over the years and people right. who I've stayed in touch with 
have often become really, really good friends over the years. Right. Uh, who have been a huge support mm-hmm. and who have cheered me on from the sidelines and even recommended me for jobs. Oh, that's fantastic. So I there there's always one part of me that's always aware that I am different. Right. Um but at the same time I've not let that uh stop me or mm-hmm. I've not really shut down any conversations that people have tried to have with me about right. uh my very obvious physical appearance. Right. Now I'm going to ask you that this is that was the easy part Tanya. I'm going to ask you the hard question. How do the Pakistanis <laughs> take what you are doing? Because let's be honest, okay? We came from a generation where you were either a doctor or an engineer or nothing in between. There was nothing in between. Like half the time I try to explain what I do to people and they're like, "But we don't get it." So there's plenty of Pakistanis <laughs> in the UK and in our families. What are you telling them? What is it that you do? Um, well, it's kind of easy um so i basically give them the short version right and because you are sort of familiar with the arts and crafts industry you also right. need to expand on that and just me giving them that short version short, sort of it just just you know they just become dazed <laughs> you can see their eyes glazing <laughs> you can so tell them you're an influencer sonia you know Oh my god no. Please don't call me that. But I just I I tell them that I I make pretty things and I make videos using pretty things. So right, right. That kind of makes sense. And sometimes I might show them my Instagram. Right. Um if they're interested. Uh but I'm I'm really lucky that uh my parents are very very hugely supportive. Oh, that's sweet. And I I think at one point my my poor mom <laughs> she gave up on me because i was i was so uh desperately average at school that right. at at some point she just said just let her do whatever she wants i'm just <laughs> glad she's going to, to going school. to studying anyway right. <laughs> and um my mom uh, is is my number one fan and every time i do a live event she turns up to my zooms oh that's sweet watches all my videos uh she comments every time on my facebook page right right so that's that's just really really sweet and she's she's very proud of me she's very that's, very proud of me and that, i think that's the thing i mean uh, especially the generation where we grew up in it was very hard for parents to really visualize their kids doing something other than those two things you know and the fact that even despite that you know she is she shows up and she's there yeah. cheering you on i think that's so great yeah yeah i i think what my mom really loves is is that uh my mom is a master's economics mm-hmm. and uh she worked for a bit um but then she stopped because uh as you know family takes priority in our culture and i think a part of her really loves seeing me do my own thing right so which is why i i think that she's like really cheering me on and you know right right happy that i'm doing my own thing right right um so tell me i mean in in this industry i mean you're in there okay you have your entire brand and you've got your tutorial videos and people can um re- literally like search you up on Instagram I'll put all your like um 
Instagram handles and website in my show notes and everything, even your podcast. I mean, I think it's so great that you have a dedicated uh, mixed media podcast. But in this industry, where do you see it going? I mean, what do you think is the future of this industry? And do you think it's challenging to be in this industry, especially how things are, everything is becoming tech. So do you think it affects this industry? Well, the the thing is that it, the industry has uh, changed a lot. It was going to change anyway right. and be more digital and be right. more online. Right. Uh, but because of uh, the pandemic, the process has been accelerated. So because uh, shops closed down, mm-hmm. uh, people weren't able to visit uh, craft shops right. or attend in-person events or right. do in-person classes. Right. So everything moved online. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's, there's been like a lot of tragedies in the family. Mm. Uh, so personally, it's not been great, but professionally, it's been really, really good for me. Mm. Um, it's uh, led to a lot more opportunities. So mm. uh, more companies are more interested in doing things online. Yeah. So there's a lot more interest in uh, video content making, mm-hmm. uh, doing live streams as right. well. Like, I, Shal, it's just crazy for me to say this. It's like sometimes I have to pinch myself. I really right. have to pinch myself that I'm I'm doing live streams for Michaels, me, nice. a Pakistani girl yeah. sitting in the UK, and I'm doing live streams for Michaels for the company that I work. I, I think that so, is so great. It just it just it just blows my mind. It blows I think my that's mind so great. because. 15 years ago, if somebody had said that to me, I would have laughed. Yeah. I would have laughed. Because, you know, it's, it's like, even though I come from a really educated family and mm-hmm. they take a lot of pride in educating our women, I never thought that I would have any ambition or a future or a career of right. sorts. Right. And, and to be able to say what I'm doing right now, it's, it's still very humbling. It's mm. very humbling because I know where I came from. Right. I know where I came from. And I did have some advantages, yes, mm. but I've worked hard. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's just no no substitute for it. Right, right. I mean, and that's the thing. I That's why I wanted you to come on because... I mean, I love that's the thing. I'm also vicariously living through you because I love what you do. It was one of those things that I recognized that it was, it's not something that we could have, I think, um, like literally the hand of God was right there because otherwise we could, I could not have fallen into that and you could not have fallen into that industry the way that you did. Because of how we see our trajectories in life. It's so cut and dry for a lot of Pakistani Muslim women. Uh, And you're like, okay, after a certain age, you're sort of destined to this this really average life. And you're like, okay, fine. We're going to have to live with that now. Yeah, Yeah. and that's that's what I expected for myself. Right. That was my expectation. I expected that I would have like half a dozen children. (laughs) <laughs> and I'd spend like half a day ironing uh, somebody's shirts, uh, right. dress shirts all day. And here I am, very happily married for 13 years. And my husband does his own ironing. Oh, that's <laughs> sweet. <laughs> 
No, but um, thank you so much, Tanya, for being with me. But before we close, do tell my audience about your social media website and even your podcast. I mean, give us your handles, your web addresses, everything. So they can, you know, find out about you and see all the great work you do because I love doing it. I just sit there and watch you and I was like, oh, it's so pretty. Thank you. Um, so you can find me on Instagram at Tanya Ahmed. That's T-A-N-I-A-A-H-M-E-D. And my website is TanyaAhmedCreative.com. And the uh, podcast is called The Crafter Math. Um, and you can find that on www.thecraftermath.com. And you can listen to all the episodes on a- any app or Spotify everywhere and uh yeah and i'm on youtube as well so if you search for tanya m then i will turn up in the searches yes <laughs> thank you thank- no thank you so much for being with me and thank you f- to everybody who's been listening and watching us on youtube and until next time you guys take care of yourself and may peace be on you all Thank you so much for tuning in to I'm a Muslim and That's Okay. And if you wish to follow my social media for more updates, you can follow me on Instagram, on Facebook, and on YouTube. All the links to those are in the show notes. And if you are on Apple or on Spotify or on Podchaser, please do give my podcast a five-star rating. It really does help get me, you know, in the public eye. And if you wish to donate to support the podcast, you can do so through the PayPal link in my show notes as well. Take care.